With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Wolfpacker Show. I'm Ethan McDowell, your host, joined as I always am with, by Noah Fleischman, our newest staff writer on thewolfpacker.com. And we're here to discuss some NC State football. Um, they picked up a dominant 45-7 win over VMI yesterday. Kind of complete effort in all three phases, pretty much what you wanted to see after last week's tough loss. And we're going to dive into, um, you know, the highlights from offense, defense, and special teams yesterday. Um, first, a couple um, house cleaning items. We just want to shout out our sponsor, the Game Time app. It's a ticket buying and selling marketplace. That's concerts, games, you know, anything you need tickets for. Um, Game Time has what you need. Uh, I'll show you on the app. It's a really easy to use interface. Um, they offer you the lowest prices at the top, show you the best deals. And um, one of the coolest things I really like about it is usually when I'm buying tickets, I have to, um, you know, look up the um, seat view, right? You want to see where you're sitting, what it's going to look like. Well, if you look, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see I'm holding up the app and you can see the view from your seat if you buy for this game. This this is the UNC NC State game, not for a while out now, but the cheapest ticket for that is $121. Sold out contest, so high demand there. But um, you know, Game Time has the best deals on there, and they can get you seats for the big game, even up to you know an hour before kickoff if you feel like procrastinating. So that's gametime.co or download the Game Time app. Um, also, please subscribe to the Wolfpacker.com. Um, Noah and I put a ton of, in my opinion, great content up on the website yesterday. Just some really cool analysis. And um, we wrote up a few stories on the highlights from the VMI game. It was really fun. Um, You know, we're building a great community over on the Wolfpacker.com with our Wolves Den message board, the state of basketball message board. And, um, you know, hop on the boat because it's piling up. And let's just dive right into it. VMI, Noah, your initial thoughts on the blowout win. Yeah, you know, I thought they played, you know, complimentary football. That's what Dave Doran talked about, you know, on Thursday. He was like, you know, that's what he wanted to see them grow from Notre Dame to now. And he said he couldn't really tell until they actually played the game because it's hard to really show offense, defense, special teams working in in unison in practice. And uh, on yesterday, we saw that. They, you know, offense scored on those first four possessions, three touchdowns and a field goal. Defense had a pick six mixed in there. And then, you know, our special teams, they returned two kickoffs back for a touchdown. Only one of them counts. So, But I think that's probably as well as they could play in, in kind of a, a complimentary style of play where everyone's contributing. And I think Dave Dorden was happy, you know, with seeing that before, you know, tougher competition comes up here this week. Yeah, and Coach Dorn talked all week about how this was like a – they felt like it was a focused week of practice. Like people came out with the intensity they needed to starting Sunday during team meetings and, you know, going in through all the practices during the week. And uh, it showed, I I don't know really if you could play more complimentary football than what they showed on Saturday, but each phase of the game really, really 
um, elevated the others. Uh, it really encouraging to me just on special teams this season. It's really just been lights out. Other than like the missed field goal last week against Notre Dame, this has been a really, really good special teams unit by the pack. Um, shout out to um, Todd Goble, who's um, the special teams coordinator. He's He's got those guys um, performing really well right now. Um, it's really what I wanted to see from the offense. Uh, Brennan took what VMI gave him, really passing-wise. They were dropping back their entire defense on most plays. The offensive line held up really well against that, which is encouraging. And um, Brennan, you know, relied on his receivers to make plays after the catch, hit the checkdowns, and, um, you know, they did. Uh, Kevin Concepcion bounced back. I was looking to see how he would respond to um, in an up-and-down game against Notre Dame, and uh, he caught all seven of his targets. Uh, in my opinion, he's the number one receiver on this team at this point. At, at, out of the slot, I think he is um, going to be a reliable and explosive option for this team all year. Um, I was happy to see Julian Gray get into the end zone. It always seems like he's just like one or two guys on pretty much all of his kick returns away from breaking one like that. And um, that was his first career touchdown. So it was cool to see him get in the end zone. I was happy for him. All right. And so I guess, you know, those are a lot of positives. Let, let, let's mention a couple of negatives. Anything you're concerned about that you noticed during that game, Noah? Yeah, you know, I think the third quarter really showed the negatives of this game. I mean, both teams scored one touchdown. VMI had its probably the best drive of the day. You know, it was seven plays, just over 60 yards. They benefited from a pass interference and a hold. I think they had two penalties on the drive, you know, on the same side of the field, just thrown down the field hoping to get it, and they, they got it. Um, they had a couple explosive plays, you know, 41-yard catch and then a 22-yard touchdown pass. So that's probably the biggest negative you look at this game and you say, all right, well, VMI wasn't playing well for most of the game on offense and then puts together that kind of drive. Um, so I think if you're going to nitpick them, I think that, that that's the drive that you're, you're going to look at the most and say, all right, why, why did, you know, VMI find so much success? Granted, they were without, you know, NC State's defense without Aiden White this weekend. So that probably doesn't happen if he's on the field. Um, they just went after, you know, some of the younger corners on the field that, you know, haven't played as much, and, and it showed. Uh, but other than that, you know, I think that's probably the biggest, you know, negative if you want to look at, at look at it that way. Yeah, and uh, on that drive, it was um, primarily Brandon Cisse, the true freshman cornerback, guarding um, VMI's best receiver. Um, Cisse hasn't played a ton so far through the first couple games, and I, I, I wonder if the def defensive coaches were almost like, let's just throw him into the fire and see how he does here. And um, he had one pass interference call that uh, I thought was pretty clear. Uh, clearly pass interference. And then the second one was marginal at best, in my opinion. I thought it was actually pretty good coverage by him. And then um, he got beat for the touchdown as well. So that's a learning moment for him. Um, like Coach Doran said last week, freshman mistakes are going to happen when you play freshman. You know, I think uh, I think it's safe to say you'd rather those mistakes happen when you're up um, multiple scores against VMI. So that'll be a learning experience for Brandon. Hopefully Aiden White is um, healthy for next week against UVA. Uh, I was told he was um, kind of just banged up during last week. Um, I, don't know, I don't really have any specifics as to what that injury is or what his timeline is, but hopefully he returns. And um, it sounds like Rakeem Ashford also could be back after his scary injury against, um, against UConn, which would be great to bolster safety depth back there. Um, the main stat that stands out to me that um, 
kind of caught my eye was the eight tackles for loss by VMI. Like, like I mentioned earlier, the offensive line did really well holding up in pass protection. I, th- I think they allowed one sack, but other than that, it was, it was a, it was a good day. Um, run, run blocking. Uh, I'd say it got better throughout the game, but they still, you know, those eight tackles for loss, VMI had 11 through their first two games against, um, you know, two FCS teams that aren't very good. So that that's not a super encouraging number. But other than that, I, I would maybe like to see a little more explosive plays by the running backs early. But I thought as the game again went along again, I think NC State kind of wore VMI's defense down and Michael Allen was getting stuff going. Kendrick Raphael had um, one of the plays of the game when he hurled a defender and showed off the explosiveness that clearly has these coaches so excited. Um, I'd, um, I'm kind of looking to see if his his um, carry workload kind of carries over in the ACC play because, man, he he sure showed some flashes over the past couple games. I think he could be a um, really, really nice player, maybe even immediately for this team. Um, and, you know, the explosive plays, NC State limited them. Uh, one thing I was encouraged by is VMI's running back did break one. He had one, I believe it was like 23, 24-yard rush. And um, But when he got to the second level, Sean Brown chased him down, cut it off, stopped a – 20-yard play from becoming a 50-yard play. That's encouraging. That's something Coach Doran mentioned is when, you know, an assignment gets missed, when it, when an offensive line does a perfect job and opens up a giant hole, it's on the secondary to make a play at that point. And Sean Brown did. And that's encouraging to see from the redshirt sophomore. Um, as far as eye discipline goes, which I'd say was probably the other main focus of the defense this week, they still – there's still some issues with covering tight ends. VMI's tight end got open a couple times on plays that could have been explosive gains. Uh, One of them, he was wide open on, I believe it was a play action or was it a trick play? It was something, there was something to throw off NC State's defense and he was wide open down the field early in the game. Um, Peyton Wilson continues to make Peyton Wilson plays. He jumped and got a hand on the ball and it fell incomplete. Um. And then later in the game, I believe it was the same tight end, and they just missed him throwing on a vertical route down the field. So, you know, that's more film for the defense to study. They got to hone in on that before, you know, NC State gets into the meat of their schedule here. But uh, overall, really solid performance. Noah and I are definitely nitpicking here. It was a really good game, complete performance. Good to see. All right. And, um, Every week we like to give out uh, game balls. Um, Noah actually did this on our site immediately after the game. Um, so go check that out on thewolfpacker.com. It's free to read. But um, Noah, just one of your players for the game and why you chose that player. Yeah, you know, Kendrick Raphael, we already touched on him, but I, you know, I picked him, you know, pretty decently into the game. I mean, he played really well as a freshman. I mean, he helped set up that last touchdown drive with, you know, five carries or 45 yards on that drive, I believe. And, you know, really was moving the ball well. Um, I think he sticks out a lot. David Doran talked about, you know, you talked about KC, you know, stepping up this week and having seven touchdown or seven catches. Still hasn't scored yet. I think that's coming soon <laughs> this year. But, you know, Dave Doran had talked about, you know, seeing the freshman growing, you know, and he talked about this week that, you know, after the game, that the freshman may have, you know, bounced back better than some adults in, on the team and, and things like that. And I think that was good to see. 
And, you know, they are 18, 19 years old, but they're able to bounce back from a game that was, didn't go NC State's way and, and could have been, a, you know, pretty, you know, deflating loss against Notre Dame, which they felt they had a chance to win. And you come back, bounce back, play, you know, almost a perfect game um, for the most part as a freshman. And I think that that's good. So I think, you know, we didn't give Casey a game ball, but, you know, I think for his bounce back, we can, we can give him uh, the honorable mention of a game ball. But I, I definitely picked Kendrick out. You know, he, he, he ran well you know, led the team in rushing, had 16 carries, which is, you know, nine more than the next guy had um, on the team. So they obviously want to give him some of the load and, and we'll see, you know, if that actually carries over into ACC plan and kind of continue his expanding role. Yeah. And um, this is another guy you didn't mention. I'll give out an honorable mention as well is um, Lyndon Cooper. Uh, he, he was injured to start the year, but um, he was worked his way back into the rotation and had to fill in for him, Dylan McMahon, when the center went out with an injury. That's a big responsibility to fill, especially when you're working your way back from an injury. And um, I thought Lyndon played well. He, I, I noticed um, – I haven't rewatched the game yet, but I've noticed in the press box that he got to the second level a couple of times, um, had a couple pancakes in there, and I thought um, I thought he did a good job. And I, I believe Doran um, shouted him out as well after the game. So um, hopefully the injury to Dylan isn't serious, but um, if it is, Interstate has a reliable offensive lineman. They can slide inside the center if they need to. Um, the guy I do want to give the game ball to, it's maybe the most obvious pick is Robert Kennedy. Um, Noah, you wrote a um, feature on him on the website as well after the game. But uh, shoot, I, he had big shoes to fill this season. Um, Tyler Baker Williams was a really good nickel for a really long time at NC State. And honestly, that was one of my biggest question marks coming into the year because, you know, it's it was easy to take what Tyler Baker Williams was doing for granted because he was so good and so consistent for so long. But, um, you know, Robert Kennedy has slotted in and there hasn't been much, if any, drop off. He, he's been lights out to start the season. And um, that really culminated in just a huge game today. He had that pick six with, um, you know, I thought he showed off great vision to weave his way between um, between the tacklers and reach the end zone on that. Shout out to the uh, um, defense for blocking well for him on that one. And um, then he just kind of kept it going. He had uh, another pass breakup, I think, on the next drive. And then um, also ended up getting one and a half sacks and, four total tackles. You know, it's just a really good performance from him. Uh, he, he said uh, when we talked to him recently that uh, he just, he wasn't getting much, um, much action thrown, thrown his way this season. That's a good thing. Of course, if you're a defensive back, um, they challenged him a little bit and um, he, he met, he met that against VMI. And uh, when you have shut down cornerbacks like Aiden White and Shaheen battle on the outside, Teams are going to have to try the slot receivers, going to have to try the um, the guys that um, Robert Kennedy is covering. And um, shoot, if he keeps playing like this, it's going to be really, really difficult for teams to throw on NC State as the season goes along. Yeah, it is. And he, he played really well, too. I mean, we talked about it. And, you know, we, I think I asked him, you know, how much confidence this gave him. And he was like, yeah, you know, I'm a pretty confident guy. He was kind of saying, you know, why can't he get three sacks? Why can't he have three pick sixes in the game? So obviously confidence isn't too much of an issue for him. Absolutely not. And that's what you want in your defensive back. So that was cool to see. Um, all right. And let's go second game ball. Anyone, any other any other player you want to recognize for their contributions on Saturday? Yeah, you know, I think 
Brendan Armstrong, you know, he has, he, you know, I think, you know, it's obviously easy to give it to the quarterback, um, but I think he played really well with what he was given. We didn't, I didn't give it to him on the, you know, online game balls that we gave out right at the end of the game. But I think, you know, what he had five incompletions. Um, he was the highest rated PFF player on the team, but he just took with what they gave him, right? A lot of underneath passing, a lot of passes within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, and he, he made it work. They moved down the field, had long drives with those. I think that was good to see. Um, he only took, I think, three shots down the field, which, you know, they were playing really deep coverage, so it was kind of hard to do that. Um, but he took with what they gave him, put together long drives, which is a good thing to see. They ate up a lot of clock on those drives. I think it was four plays of 10, 10 – four times of 10-play or more drives, which is good to see. They had, what, a 17-yard – a 17-play drive that ended in a field goal yeah. um, in the second quarter. Um, but, you know, overall, I think, you know, he's a guy who, who played really well. Good bounce back game for him um, and being able just to, you know, be a- accurate and be efficient. And, you know, with Robert and I's offenses, you're going to get those explosive plays. That's I feel like we've said it, the word explosive um, like a billion times in the past month. But you don't want to rely on the 40-yard, 50-yard passing plays, the 30-yard rushes, right? You want to be able to grind out those drives sometimes when teams are doing everything they can to stop you from getting behind the defensive backs. And uh, while, you know, it's VMI, you don't want to make any sweeping declarations against the FCS team that honestly just, you know, wasn't much of a challenge for this group. But it should establish just a baseline confidence in um, in Armstrong and the receivers, the running backs, the line, everyone that – hey, we can march down this field and eat up like half a quarter on one drive if we need to. Like they, they have the capability to be a four yards and a cloud of dust team. And that's not necessarily even just through like running. Like they they, they were using those quick passes screens to um, almost substitute for like a four or five yard gain on first down. Um, you know, and that's promising to see. I, I really liked seeing that from this team. Uh, my second game ball, I'm going to go ahead and give it to um, Jalen Scott. Uh, he, he bounced back. Uh, I think it's been an up and down start to the season for him, but he's um you know he's one of the upperclassmen leaders of this defense. He's taken on a big role this season, and um, he finished second on the team with um, eight total tackles, half a sack where um he he exploded into the backfield on this on this play, and um, him and um, I believe it was Brandon Cleveland came up with that sack together. But uh, it was a really impressive play by him. He's showing off his explosiveness, and uh, he says he said in the preseason that he, you know, he feels like he knows the defense um, as well as anybody. And um, you know, I think that definitely shows on some of these blitzes and how he's able to diagnose some some plays and you know sniff out screens and short passes and stuff. So, you know, great building block for him as well. Looking forward to seeing where the season goes from here. All right, and um, now we're just going to shift our focus a little bit. Next up is a. Uh, a game against UVA. It's a Friday night game, I believe. Um, do you know if it's a 7 or 7.30 kickoff? I can't remember. 7.30 this week and 7 for mm-hmm. the Louisville game. Yeah, so this is the first of two in a row Friday night kickoffs for NC State, which will be fun. Um, you know, it's prime time on a Friday night, and um, NC State has a short week to prepare. Uh, personally, for me, number one thing I'm going to be watching is honestly just health. Uh, I think um, – if you need to get Aiden White healthy, I think you could probably get away with not having him against UVA. But um, you know, once it once it turns over to Louisville and the rest of that slate, man, you, 
you, you need your all ACC future NFL draft pick cornerback for those games. So hopefully he there's nothing serious there and he can come back. And same with Dylan McMahon. I mean, another potential future pro guy that you, you need, you need healthy for these big games, especially starting conference play. So that's my main focus, but um, Noah, just anything you're hoping to see next steps of improvement um, plays, areas where you want to see just focus and practice this week. What are you looking for from the pack over the next few days? Yeah, I really think it's run blocking. I mean, we're not going to really preview UVA too much today, but UVA has got a great defensive line. They're all fifth, sixth, seventh year players in their D line. And you give up, you know, NC State gave up eight TFLs against VMI who doesn't have, you know, nearly the caliber defensive set, you know, front seven that, you know, Virginia has, or that really any other team that NC State is going to see the rest of the way. Um, so I think that's kind of the biggest thing to firm up just because of how good, you know, Virginia's front seven is, and, um, they're going to have to really, you know, don't let as many, you can, you're obviously going to give up tackles for a loss. It's going to happen probably a couple of times in the game. You need to limit it to a lot less than eight against Virginia. Um, just because their defense is kind of, you know, their, their strength. And, and if they get rolling there, then it's kind of that whole field position game is going to get, you know, turned on its head. So I think that's kind of the biggest focus that I have, you know, for Francis state as they work through the short week you know, and get ready for, for, for Friday's game. Cool. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree on that. Uh, I mean, and I mentioned last time we talked to him just about how maybe the strength of this offense needs to be that they're a good first and second down team, right? So you're not facing many third downs and third and longs, fourth and longs, and you can, um, you know, keep the sticks moving that way. Uh, I, I think from what we've seen so far, that that is the case. Uh, the third and long, you know, obvious passing situations are not the strength of this team so far. And, um, you know, you you want to have um, more manageable situations there. And uh, playing against, they're probably not, as, they're not as talented as Notre Dame's front, but another solid front in UVA. And, um, you know, you're going to play a lot of solid defensive lines down the stretch of this season. So you got to get ready for that. All right. And just to close out here, a um, little bit of um, shout outs as we wrap up this episode. Um, first, um, Wolfpack fans, man, um, it was an FCS team, it was a 2 p.m. kickoff. But, you know, it, it was it was a sellout officially. And shoot, I thought most of the seats were full. Um, it cleared out a little bit after halftime and as the game went on. But, um, you know, Wolfpack Nation showed up. Uh, you know, I talked to a couple of the recruits that were there. Um and uh, they were impressed as well. Um, they were impressed by the on-the-field stuff. And, um, of course, they were impressed by the atmosphere, even though it was an FCS matchup. Um, and then I don't know if we really mentioned special teams as much as we should have in this episode. So I just want to circle back to it. I mean, shoot, <laughs> Julian Gray and Jalen Coit have just been, like, just, you know, huge for this team so far. They're, they're single-handedly like helping NC State win the field position battle. And that's really impressive. I, I'm really liking what I see from them so far this season. And, um, and Doran said he can see their confidence continuing to grow. And um, as that continues to happen, especially with, um, with Jalen, he said against UConn, he was probably happy to be, you know, just catching the punts, fielding them cleanly. And then, um, and Notre Dame, shoot, he made a couple plays and um, did all of that while playing in some difficult rainy field because of conditions. And then he had one 33-yard return and another solid one as well uh, um, on Saturday. So, you know, 
NC State had Thayer Thomas back there for five years, and he was a reliable playmaker back there. Um, so just to have someone like Jalen come in and just um, so soundly you know, fill that role, it's good to see. It's good to see NC State continues to have an advantage in the third phase of the game. All right, Noah, as we wrap up here, any other shout-outs? Yeah, you know, I'm trying to trying to think. I think that, you know, the, you know, when NC State, you know, the game kind of got out of hand, a lot of the reserves came in on both sides of the ball. I think they played well. I, I mean, they weren't getting asked a ton. I mean, on offense, they just hand the ball off, just run the clock. Um, but I think a lot of them played well overall. And it's, it's good to see some guys get in the game that aren't going to play in many games this year. And, and we'll see. I think, you know, maybe there's some overreaction from some NC State fans of not seeing MJ Morris come in at the end. But there's no point in, in you know, burning a game that, you know, for his red shirt. I think, you know, there he, we probably will see him at some point this year on the field. And, and you want to, you know, have every opportunity. So if there is an injury at quarterback or anything like that, he is able to come in and play and not have to worry about, you know, losing that red shirt. Yeah, th- thanks for mentioning that. Um, th- that that's a very good point because, yeah, th- there was a lot of people that were very confused why MJ didn't come in at, on that last drive. But like, what what did like he's played? He's he's played multiple games at this point. And what is the advantage to having him come in to a burning his first redshirt game of this year on a one drive where you hand the ball off pretty much every single time? Like. Th- there's nothing to gain from that. Why would the coaches do that? In fact, I think if um, if they had done that, there would be an equal amount of um, fans freaking out that they burned a game on his um, on his red shirt count. And yeah, so last year it was tough because you know he played in the uh, Charleston Southern game, I believe, or it, but either way, overall he finished with five ga- five games. He almost redshirted last year, but he had one play against Syracuse, right? So I think the staff is being very conscious about an opportunity to, you know, potentially go into next season with a redshirt sophomore quarterback with um, three years of eligibility remaining. And uh, yeah, it's, it's nothing to freak out about. MJ is still, in my opinion, one of the better backup quarterbacks in the ACC. And if he is um, called into action at any point due to injury or anything else, um, he'll be ready. All right. Well, this has been the Wolf Packers show. Um, thank you all for listening. Again, want to shout out our our sponsor, the Game Time app. It's GameTime.co, not .com, .co. Um, check it out. Uh, ticket buying and selling marketplace, and uh, you know it's perfect for someone like me who procrastinates and waits to the last minutes to buy tickets. They have the best deals out there. So go check them out. Um, you know, Louisville's up next. Um, go check out and see what the, it's another sellout, but I'm sure there's a few tickets available on the resale market right now. So go check out the game time app or gametime.co for the best deals. And please go subscribe to the wolfpacker.com. Um, it's only $1 It is a dollar to join our website. And, um, you know, it's exclusive recruiting scoops. That's basketball and football. There were, um, three total, basketball official visitors this weekend um noah and i will have updates on all of them hopefully in the next few days so keep an eye on that and then you know football recruiting i was in south carolina to see nc state football quarterback commit will wilson this week he had a great game i wrote about it i posted a bunch of highlights on our website so go check that out as well it's the wolfpacker.com and you can find us on social media at at the wolfpacker and um 
If you're listening to this on a podcast platform, you can find us on YouTube at The Wolfpacker. And if you're listening, watching us on YouTube, we're on all podcast platforms. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. I am Ethan McDowell. I'm with Noah Fleischman. Have a good week. We'll see you Wednesday. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.